Well, hello and welcome to the road stop. This, uh, this episode of, uh, of the usually Norwegian Rasteplassen is in English because we have uh, 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 here a guest from, uh, from overseas. Uh, Inka Rose Antoniusdottir is a project manager for digital development for the Icelandic Tourism Board. And we found that quite interesting and would like to hear uh, from you, Inga Rose, a little bit about, uh, about yourself, your background, uh, what your job is and uh, why it's important for uh, sustainable tourism in the future. Mm -hmm. Hello, everyone, and, and thank you for having me, Gurun. Um, it's an honor to be here with you today. As you said, I work in digital development for the Icelandic Tourist Board. So my, my main focus in my daily job is on trying to enhance the level of uh, digitalization in tourism in Iceland. Um, what we found out in the industry approximately one and a half years ago was that, um, you know, this, the situation in the status of di digital development in tourism in Iceland was considerably lower than had been anticipated. Um, the reason for this might actually be kind of a luxury problem. It, it seems to be that because of the incredible rise that had been in tourism in the last approximately 10 years in Iceland, that this subject had kind of just been left on the back burner. Um, this is maybe because, well, once people were so overwhelmed uh, by the rise in tourism, tourism companies, they were simply trying to stay afloat. So they didn't feel the need to sit down and say, okay, how how can I attract more tourists? How can I attract more customers? What do I have to do um, to, to enhance my levels of digitalization? And then on the other side, uh, on the other hand, of course, there's the other side of the same issue, which is that they simply didn't have the time to do it. But times are changing and the consumer is relying more and more on a digital journey when they make their well first of all when they make their decision to go on holiday and where to go or to go on travel and then of course during the entire decision process of where do i buy this trip uh, how do i travel what kind of accommodation do i choose what kind of entertainment and attractions do i choose um you spoke about sustainability. They're looking for information also regarding things as sustainability and quality control, environmental insurance and things like that, which most of them happen on digital platforms. So this is, of course, has become increasingly important. And if we look at um, one of the main pillars of UN WTOs, you know, UN's World Travel Organization's pillars, for how to regain or rebuild tourism in 2021-2022 post-COVID, then digitalization is one of them. Can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, what what does digitalization entail for uh, for the companies? Uh, you know, people think maybe of mm -hmm. of things like like um, you know booking with your app in the phone, or is is that um, the most important mm -hmm. thing or are, are there other aspects that maybe are not so much spoken about? Well, there definitely are many aspects to it. I usually try to tell the stakeholders that I work with that 
digitalization should be a part of your thought process when you're thinking about your business and your business model, and it should be integrated there where it makes most sense to you. Uh, and where does it make most sense? It usually is where you either can see um, an opportunity for, for more growth or more revenue, or it means that you can um, maximize you know, your human resources uh, and not spend neither time nor money on things where it doesn't make sense and where you could integrate the digital solutions that would help you along the way. But you ask um, more specifically, are these things such as how bookings are made or on which platforms? That is, of course, part of it. But it's for me, it's about the entire journey, you know, both the customer journey, but also the entire business model. So these can be things such as making sure that you have a booking platform. If we look at Iceland, for example, we realized when we did a survey last year, uh, no, sorry, earlier this year, it was in the springtime, that 25% of Icelandic tourism operators, whether these were hotels or attractions or tour operators or whatever, 25% of them did not offer direct bookings through their website or their telephone, for example. They were relying solely on booking engines such as booking.com, Expedia, you know, the big OTAs, at the same time that they're complaining that they're paying such a high commission to these OTAs. But these can also be things such as payment systems. These can be things such as uh, digital media and digital marketing. How do I make the most of my social media efforts? How do I create content that is interesting? Um, this, these can be things such as automatization. Um, does it make sense for my small little guest house out in rural Iceland to have self-service check-in, for example? Or does it make sense to have someone standing in the lobby and waiting for maybe two couples to arrive within a day and you don't know whether they're coming at 10 in the morning or 10 in the evening, so you're paying someone for 12 hours to be standing and waiting in a lobby, for example. But these can also be things such as, especially now during um, during and will be after, well, if we ever reach after COVID-19, <laughs> but these are things such as touchless solutions, for example. This will be a huge issue for the traveler in the future to be able to ensure that an as large part of his journey as possible is made touch-free. So as you can hear, I mean, the ramifications or, you know, the, the things that this entails uh, are very diverse and there are very many. So these can be very technical solutions to handle payment systems or automate, or what do you call it? Automize? <laughs> Some of the, uh, yes, uh, solutions or the efforts that you're doing already in your company. But these can, of course, also be more consumer related such as the marketing efforts or how you make their booking process more and check-in process more available, uh, more interesting to them, more touch-free and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting that, uh, that you're mentioning things that are so basic, such as, for instance, now under this pandemic, uh, I find myself as a customer, um, I rarely, I, I don't want to touch money, and a lot of businesses uh, here in in Norway have uh, have gone to completely um, digital modes of, of payment, and I find myself even a bit hesitant to touch the touch the um, uh, you know to 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 uh, to, um, to handle money. Yeah. Code. 
yeah, uh, I don't want to touch anything. So, so exactly. Uh, so this is this is something that we often don't really think about when, because when we talk about digitalization, uh, and I must confess myself, even though I'm involved in a in a project on uh, digitalization of of uh, rural economies, that my first thoughts were going to kind of advanced things like uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, things mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, is Which, that of course, are also part of it, definitely. Um, but working with so many, especially small and medium sized enterprises in Iceland, we're still, you know, looking at, I would say 80% of our efforts are more basic than what we would wish to be um, working on and, and looking at with them. Um, but the learning curve is very steep for them. They learn very quickly. And I think all of us have seen that the main driver for digitalization these days is actually COVID-19. So, you know, people sitting in positions such as myself who would like to claim the honor of having digital, digitalized companies very fast, I think we need to uh, admit to the fact that most of it has happened because we kind of need it to. And, and just simple facts, as you mentioned, as not wanting to touch money. I mean, if you look at the consumer process and, and the, guest, um, the guest journey when they're traveling, people would not want to sign with their finger on an, an iPad when they're hiring a car, for example, not knowing whether 150 people have touched that iPad screen before them, before it was even sanitized. So these are so simple measures, but will, they will still mean so much to the travelers in the future. Yeah, the, the fact that uh, that you can actually transfer money and pay. But what about, I mean, how does that, you mentioned um, the problem that uh, uh, especially small businesses have with, uh, uh, because uh, of course marketing a small business is, is no um, no easy feat. And, and mm -hmm. of course, that's why they also use the big uh, booking companies. But then again, there is the, there is the issue of the of the um, uh, that you have to pay pay them a, a fee for mm -hmm. for their services. So, but does does the consumer think about uh, things like that? Does the consumers in some way is digitalization in some way helping consumers uh, relate to small businesses? Um, I, I think we definitely have seen a trend in that, not just due to COVID, but just, you know, throughout the last few years, that there is a there is a shift in how people travel and there is an increase in slow travel. There is an increase in increase in rural travel. People like to experience things that are local and authentic. And by doing that, they also reach a better understanding of how are these uh, companies driven and why does it matter? Why is it important that I book with a local company if I want my money to remain, you know, in that local area? So in that sense, I think they're definitely becoming more aware. Um, and I mean, we see that in the statistics and the surveys that are being done. But that being said, um, People as consumers, we're also really egocentric uh, creatures. <laughs> so usually it still boils down to the fact whether is it easy for me? Um, is there an incentive for me to book directly with someone? Is there an incentive for me to, you know, trust someone? Because what also happens is that people know these large companies. They know that, you know, if I book through a huge OTA, there's a huge customer service department behind them. I can call them at any, any hour of the day. And these things establish trust. 
So for a consumer to be willing to, you know, bypass um, these booking engines or these companies and book with someone local instead, there must be an incentive. So I also, in this instance, always encourage companies, you know, to to think about what's important to your customer. How could you get him to 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 commit to you directly? And I mean, these can be economical incentives, you know, monetary that, you know, the classic ones book directly and save 10%, lowest price guarantee, but they can also be, you know, um, experience a, a walk with the local. We'll take you around our our local town on Sunday at three for free if you book with us. I mean, there are so many incentives to do this, but I, I think you're definitely right in, in pointing out that there need, this needs to be in the mindset of the consumer. And there is a shift happening in, in, that, uh, in, in that area. Um, it's probably not happening as quickly as many, especially small and rural tour operators would like it to be, but it's, def it's definitely happening. But what, what I find interesting is that um, when I uh, speak to companies uh, and 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 uh, and uh, you know my first sort of forays into this uh, field, where um, you know people sort of ask, well, do I have, you know what do I have to invest? Isn't this a isn't it a, a big investment for me to digitalize my my company? Uh, you know what what would you say to somebody mm -hmm. who had that uh, concern? It's a very you know, realistic uh, concern to have. Um, and I mean, there's nothing to say that, that this is the biggest worry of companies, especially the smaller ones. That's why I also emphasize that you always need to make the decision of whether this makes sense to you. There are so many amazing, um, you know, digital platforms, digital solutions out there. Um, which might be inspiring and you might like to integrate them, but it wouldn't really make sense for your small company. So be very picky about what makes sense. What is, what can you integrate that will help you, that will make things um, more economical for you, um, that will ease your workflow or things like that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, directly speaking about money and costs, uh, luckily, it's also a fact that digital solutions are becoming um, much cheaper than they were if we just go, you know, five or ten, ten years back. And this is usually because if we go ten years back, most digital solutions for tourism companies had to be developed uh, especially for them. Um, today, most of these, you know, core developments have already been made and there are all kinds of so-called white label solutions available dependent on the size of your company. So I think also a lot of companies are simply scared of getting out there and, and seeking this information. And what I also hear um, tourism companies say to me a lot is, you know, Inga, we know we need to find solutions. We know we need to work on this and that. But it's simply so overwhelming because there's so much stuff out there and we don't speak the lingo. This isn't our core competence. So how can we go about that? And at the same time, we're seeing uh, tech companies come to people in positions as myself and say, you know what, we're working on solutions that would really benefit the tourism industry, but we can't get through to them. We can't get them to test our, our products in a, in a real market environment. How can we bridge that gap? So one of the projects that we're working on now at the Icelandic Tourist Board is what we call the digital sandbox. And it's kind of a test lab um, 
to bridge that gap between tourism and tech companies. So tourism companies come to us with a challenge where they say we're challenged on this front. We need a solution for this um, problem. Can you help us find someone who can um, bring that solution to us so that we can test it? And uh, well, the only criteria that we, we really have for these um, challenges is that they need to be scalable. So it needs to be a challenge where we can see that once the solution is found for this um, tourism operator or tourism company, then it can be scaled and used for a lot of companies um, with the same challenges. So this is a pilot that we're um, running at the moment and that I'm really hopeful um, will be of great benefit to, to bridge that gap and, and help companies in both sectors to find each other uh, and match where they need to be matched. Well, that, that's uh, really interesting. So, so when should we call you again to hear uh, about <laughs> from the pilot? So call me in the spring again, because right now the development is uh, starting. So the, the coding is starting for some of the projects that we're working on, but none of them have been you know, tried or tested yet. That will happen now in the course of the winter months. So springtime next year, I will be able to share some of the solutions and, and outcomes with you. And I'd be happy to do so. That, that would be really interesting. But, but these companies that are taking part in the pilot, I mean, do they uh, do they have to invest anything in terms of infrastructure? I mean, how yeah. is it? Are companies generally, so, do they generally have what it takes to, to actually uh, work uh, in a more digital way? Or um, the consumer certainly has the smartphone. But exactly, exactly. I mean, to be honest, we definitely do have to handpick, especially now in the, the pilot, we handpicked companies that we knew that had the infrastructure internally to be able to do this work. So we knew that they had, um, you know, they had put some thought into it beforehand and they had some human resources at hand that they could, um, you know, give some time to work on these projects. We do not expect them to um, pay, you know, in direct monetary um, matters. What we do on the other hand is we ask them to define their challenges and we ask them to give us a contact person that, you know, has an understanding of this challenge and has time to work on it with the tech companies. The so in tech companies, in, on the other hand, they give their work and that development for free because they see the opportunities that lie in the scalability of it, because they can see that if we invest in creating a solution for this one client or this one customer, even though we do it for free, it's a solution that we then can go out and market and sell to maybe 20, 40, 100, 200, you know, depending on, on what kind of um, environment they're working in to so many other clients. Yeah, so upscaling is what's important for the tech companies. But I find it interesting that because, you know, when I asked about the infrastructure and, you know, what do the companies need to have, mm -hmm. what what, uh, what is very, really interesting to me is that you, for, you mentioned human resources. I mean, most yes. people would have thought, okay, you know, they need to have a certain bandwidth. They need to have, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, good, good um, uh, networking solutions. They need to have uh, good hardware. But mm -hmm. you mentioned people first, so, so that I think that is uh, uh, 
something to uh, that, that's very important to it is very important uh, and I love that you point that out because this is a discussion that I have all the time also when I talk so much about automatization as I do and people say oh so you're the one who wants to diminish all jobs and and just send us robots instead <laughs> and of course that isn't the truth it's always about people and humans and human resources first uh, what will happen when you digitalize more companies is that there will simply become a change in jobs. Um, you know, creating a robot, if we want to take a robot as an example, creating a robot actually craves a lot of human resources. <laughs> They're just on the other side of the table from what it was before. So if you're creating a robot um, that's standing in a kitchen and, you know, mixing a salad, um, he might replace one person in that kitchen. But I can pretty much assure you that it took more than one person to create that robot. So it's a shift. It's a change in jobs and it's a change in where human resources are put. And I always say, you know, to companies, make sure that you're using your human resources there where it makes most sense. Make sure that you're using them for the things that can't really be digitalized. I mean, I wouldn't want to hike an Icelandic mountain with a robot. That that's not appealing to me, but I don't really care whether I check in through an, you know, through an app in my phone. I actually prefer it because it means I don't have to stand in line if there are many customers. It also means that I don't have to have someone waiting for me in a lobby um, and I don't know if I arrive at three or four or five. You know, there's a lot of freedom uh, in tech solutions as well. So make sure that you're using your human resources where they really can't be replaced with more um, tech technological solutions and the tech solutions where the where the customer is, uh, is uh, where it's more convenient both for you and the and the customers exactly so this was uh, was very uh, um, interesting and uh, uh, gave us an insight into into, into what you are uh, doing and and, and possible um, solutions that may mm -hmm. make uh, tourism more sustainable uh, in the in the wake of this uh, crisis that we're going through now. Mm -hmm. uh, anything you'd like to, to add? Oh, that's a tough one in, in the end. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I think digitalization, if anything, I'd like to add that digitalization is a collective effort. Uh, it's really difficult for small rural companies that sit, you know, in a fjord somewhere by themselves to figure out what the solutions are. So I also always say to tourism companies, especially in rural areas, um, get together, try to figure out what your collective challenges are, um, because it will also make it easier to find collective solutions. Um, so again, it's, it's all about the people, actually, even though we're saying it's all about the tech in a podcast uh, like this today. But, but talk to each other, figure out where the challenges lie, figure out how you can get together to find the solutions. And it also makes it easier to, to, to learn that lingo and to speak to those companies who actually might be you know, ready with the solutions that could help you. Some of them are just plug and play and you don't have an, any idea that they exist just right around the corner. Yeah, and that that may also in 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 the rural areas. I mean, sometimes uh, collaboration between sectors. I mean, a solution Absolutely. may have been found in a in a, another sector. Uh, when you were talking about robots, and I was thinking back to to rural areas. I mean, robots are, you know, they're part of the daily life of uh, 
dairy farmers around, uh, even in small rural areas. So, so exactly these technologies, they are actually all around us. So yes, and, and, a- and farming and fishing industries, they are so far in terms of digitalization uh, and robotic uh, solutions. So that's actually quite amazing. Well, thank you so much for uh, for for uh, speaking with us, and uh, I look forward to to following what's uh, what will happen in the pilot. Thank you so much for having me, and I'll speak to you again in the springtime. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Goodbye.